So, great big good morning to everyone. Great to have you joining me this morning. I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live. Whether you're gathered here as part of our live studio audience, or whether you're watching later in the day or later in the week, it's wonderful to have you here today. And today we're looking at, at a really, it's a significant topic, and it's one we're going to approach with a lot of tenderness. You know, it's the idea of grief. And how is it that we move forward with grief? We're going to be looking at that over the next few weeks, knowing that, that grieving is just part of life, and it's, it's one of the more challenging parts of life, how we hold it. You know, I, I can remember back when I was getting ready for the service, I can remember back to, to losing my grandmother, and I was really close to my grandmother, like super close to her. And, and she passed away, and, and, and I remember having this little conversation with someone, and, and this person's essential, essential way of approaching grief was saying, all right, get over it. Was that the right answer? No, it was not the right answer. Like, good luck, right? That's not how it works. Grief takes us. Grief moves us. And can we today create a soft place, a soft place, where maybe what feels impossible if you're dealing with loss feels just a little bit more possible. Because I think that is what our loved ones would want for us. They'd want us to have a way to move forward in our lives. We're gonna do that today, and we're gonna do it very, very gently, a very gentle path. All of our lives, folks, do have these threshold moments. These threshold moments, and many of you have heard me say this before, these moments where all of a sudden, like, there's the phone call, or there's the conversation, or there's the text message, life one way here, another way there. Some of you, no doubt, are working through that right now. And even in these threshold moments, can we start to see, like, maybe a way that we can be in conversation about how to move forward in those times, how to, how to find sort of the, the wisdom of the candle, so to speak. We're gonna let candles speak today. So I do wanna invite you, if you're joining us online, to go ahead and take time to, to grab a candle here, and, and we're gonna be lighting them and just having a moment of silence at the end as a way to just honor those who we love and to learn, as the psalm quote that's up there, that, that whole gift of just simply learning to be still. And I do want to say, folks, you know, just as we get launched today, today's service is more about a soft place to land than the answer. More a soft place to land than the answer. Because I know that this service, you know, our hope is to create things that people can come to again and again when life is tough, when they're wrestling with grieving. And we're going to try to do it in a way today that, that leaves you, and this is, this is an odd word maybe to use, but, but to leave you a little bit inspired that we can figure out ways to do this together. Not perfectly, not perfectly, but ways to do it together, humbly, with a lot of love, with a lot of preciousness, keeping those, those treasured memories of those we've loved right alongside us. So can you join me on that journey today? It's great to have you here today. Welcome everyone, as the musicians come out here, welcome everyone to New Church Live.
beautiful song and, and thank you to Sarah out of Michigan for sending along that that recommendation so as as we look today folks you know at grieving maybe a place to start is this let's just all get a big breath and just think of, of someone who you want to hold in your heart today 
One of the things that drives me crazy is when people say, well, thoughts and prayers, what does that matter if you offer them? I think it matters a lot. I think it matters a lot when we can literally hold people in our, in our hearts and in our intentions. I think when we move, God moves too in ways that, that we're totally unaware of. So today, maybe we can just start by just holding with a little tenderness areas in your heart, areas in your heart, where you hold a piece of grief today. And let's hold it, and let's take a little journey together, a little conversation, not a bunch of answers, but again, trying to come to a soft place to land. What does that look like? So I want to start out by saying, and this is something I've said before here at church, and I think it's a, it's a beautiful concept, which is when we first find out, when we first go through these threshold moments, these really hard things, you know, and I do say this with a small smile, which is, thank goodness for the floor. Because that's the way that stuff hits us. That's the way it feels. It, it, it feels like literally we've had the, the rug pulled out from under us, and people oftentimes literally go to the floor. And that's part of the journey. That's oftentimes where this journey starts. Knowing that, that eventually, eventually they will get up. And usually that's after, I remember reading one author who said it's usually after about 20 minutes. And, and they eventually get up and we start moving forward in our lives. In that movement, here's a, here's a beautiful poem, I think, that talks about that idea of getting up. Get up, set out on the road you cannot see. This is the night when you can trust that any direction you go, you will be walking toward the dawn. Love that idea. And that idea of, of just starting to get some sense of movement and just that being with. And how does that start to look? Like how does that start to move as we take this journey of grief? Well, part I'd like to share with you folks is, is a beautiful line from Genesis 1, and it's one I, I actually did a message on a few weeks ago, but it's, it's so beautiful and it's so packed. It's so packed with such grace and beauty. Here's this line from Genesis 1. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of heavens to make a distinction between day and night. And they will act as signals and will be used for seasons for both days and years and they will be lights in the expanse of the heavens to shed light on the earth. And so it was done, or so it was so. That, I, that idea, folks, I, I think of understanding the distinction, being able to see you know, that God creates two lights. He creates day and he creates night. And, and I love that word distinction. Doesn't that make a difference? we can really start to see that, that there are distinctions and there are, there are, there are these times and these, these phases in life and, and when we're presented with the inevitable losses that life entails. That we can start to see distinctions between light and dark, between light and dark. I, I think back to just, just times where I've seen it. There was, there was one yesterday that was fascinating to me, was beautiful to me, seeing someone who clearly saw that distinction or, or a culture that did. It was a picture of a, of a railway platform in Poland. 
And here are all these folks, you know, and, and our hearts go out to everyone, right, who's struggling. And all the folks of the Ukraine who are, who are just in the midst of this horrible war. And you know what the picture was of? It was a line of baby strollers. The moms had left there. For moms just getting off of the train who had just had to leave it all behind. So they would have something to put their children in and move forward. That's understanding that distinction. That's knowing that there's light and there's dark and, and knowing that both are there. And how is it that we move forward? I remember for me going through a time that was, was just incredibly devastating in so many ways, and I won't go into all the details of it, but really feeling like grief was about to overwhelm, that grief was literally about to wash it all away. And I was blessed. I got help, went to a professional counselor who's a good friend, a man by the name of Jacob. Jacob said this. He said, Chuck, you need to remember, your life will never be this exact same again. Now that may sound really dark, right? That may sound really negative. That does not sound very American, where everything, you know, the graph is always up and going to the right. But it was exactly what I needed to hear. That was a wise soul who could see this distinction between light and dark. And who knew at that time that the most loving, comforting thing to be was someone who spoke to life as life is. Which is, of course, we go through losses. And of course, in those losses, life is never going to be the same. We learn to move on with those losses. That we do learn. There's a beautiful part to that. But to say that somehow those losses aren't going to be part of our life, not true. So that idea, again, of distinction and understanding there's signals and understanding there's light and there's dark and there's ways where we can just settle in to even times in life that can feel a, a bit of darkness and we can even, folks, find a certain level of preciousness there. Now, we have to remember, when things are really dark, there are certain things we can't do. This was from the sermon writing team, some of the things they noted. We can't think. We can't plan. We often can't sleep. And we often can't move. All those things are true, and, and for those who have gone through a, a deep experience of loss, probably some of those are ringing especially true. And this is one I want to talk about. We also can't take direct light at that time. What we can take are small bits of reflected light. Folks, I think so much of, of as we go through grieving, this is, hard, this is hard to put into language, but so much of it and so much of what we can do is just to join together in these bits of reflective life where we just allow ourselves to ease into this really soft place. And I wish I had better language for it than that. 
And I don't want to say like, well, this is how we go to the soft place. I don't think that's what the way to handle it. I think it's just understanding of like, okay. Let's just go to a soft place here. There's this beautiful line in the Bible, one that gets, gets talked about a lot because it's so beautiful. And it's story, it's this story of Jacob's ladder and and, and, and in Jacob's ladder, he, he wakes up and he says, God, I didn't even know you were in this place. And I love that idea, right? Is it, we, we don't really know God's in that place, but God is. We don't really feel God's presence, but it's, but it's this deep holding that is. And we start to discover that in a soft place. As one author put it, like, listen to this line, folks. This is just a beautiful line. We start to understand that the water will hold us. We start to understand that the water holds. Now, there are, there are things we can do we can, where we can find small bits of this reflected light. And, and, and please, folks, I want to share with you a, a list here, but don't see this as a as a to-do list if you're in the midst of grief. I don't think it necessarily works that way. These are just what I've observed as a pastor and what I've experienced in my life. And you may well be able to come up with a list that's far better than mine. So think of this just as an invitation, just as a way to, to have a little bit of a conversation here. Small bits of reflected light. First off, folks, gather your people. Gather your people. There's something about these moments that, that we inevitably just intuitively know this. I, I mean, I know, I know, for example, that 9-11 is like rapidly going way back into, the, into our history. Even the ideas that that there are, you know, people who that's not in their living experience still is a little stunning to me. But I take you back, if you have a memory that goes back that long, I take you back to that moment. And when you got that news, whether you're watching it on TV or whether, whether someone told you, what was your first instinct, folks, after seeing the TV? What was your first instinct? Was it to call someone you loved? Probably for a lot of you, it was. I remember talking to a mom, and she said, I just wanted to gather my children around me. I just wanted to gather my chicks. Now, her kids were all in their 30s. <laughs> but that's the start, is gather your people. Those people you really trust. Those people who are part of your team, so to speak. And this next one, folks, along with that idea of gather your people, is this question. And this would be one, would be if you're here with a loved one, it'd be a great conversation for the two of you to have, actually. Who do you want to be there when every word or silence matters? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be there when every word or silence matters? Words, folks, 
and silence, folks, in these times, it will take on a big gravitas. And you want to have an idea that the people around you are people who get that. People who really understand it. And who is it for you? Who is it? If, when words or silence really matters, who is that for you? And in some way, friends, I, I wonder this. I wonder this. I wonder this. I wonder maybe the silence part is the most important of those two. Who are the friends you want to step into this new place with you who really get that silence matters? Who really get it? I love this line, and it's, and it's a line I've, I've used here before in church, but I, but I think it's an important check for all of us. And important as well. It's not just a check, but, but it also is a, is a, is a piece of, as, there's something aspirational to it. It's something where, where I think we could actually look at this and say, yeah, I'm supposed to step towards this. Who's the best listener you know? Who are the people? Listen to this line. It's such a beautiful line. It's not mine, and I totally forget the author, so my apologies. But it's a beautiful line. Who's the person who has silence in their words? Who's the person who has silence in their words? I think, again, that's an important check for us. Like, can we look at ourselves and can we say, okay, I, I maybe need to work at that a little bit, having more silence in my words? As well as aspirational, like, yeah, you know, there are people who are really good at that. I certainly have known some people who are terrific at that. They're the people who somehow, the whole world disappears. And you know that they're listening to you, truly listening to you, truly giving you that greatest of gifts. When I say gather your people, Gather some of those people. Allow them into your life. I want to offer this little aside, too, with gathering your people. For some people, especially considering we're in Philadelphia, and we've got lots of congregants with Italian heritage, let them bring food. Let them bring food. Don't you dare say, we have too much food. Let them bring food. If that's the love language, let them do it. Because folks, people so crave, when you gather your people, people crave to do something. And if the best they can do is ziti, let them do it. That's a love language in and of itself. The second one here, folks, is learning to be still. Learning to be still. Hmm. 
is connected, as, as you can see, right? It's, it's, it's clearly connected with the gather your people and, and figuring those who, who, who could be around you when silence really matters. But there's, there's just a stillness, you know, for all of us, just really learning to just be still. It frequently happens, right, that when we go through the loss of a loved one, our, our minds catastrophize. They start launching into, well, what about this, and what about this, and what about this, and what about this, and what about this? And there's a time to figure all those things out. The key to the safety deposit box. The passwords to the computer. There is a time. But when we hit loss, and the immediacy of that is not that time. And that's where, again, trying to understand the need to be still. And, and the stillness here, folks, the stillness, again, it's the be still and know that I am God. Be still, just the stillness. And that stillness is not rushing. That stillness has this deep connotation of which we talk about in here a lot because it's one of the most beautiful words, I think, in all of language, shalom. It's this peace that's underneath it all. A friend who I just think the world of, who I love, amazing man, lives out in Colorado now. Dear friend, name is Jason. And I remember in the midst of a deep and tragic loss, coming out, we into a big room that was filled with people. <laughs> you know, and there was Jason. And you know the miracle is, folks, I don't remember him saying anything. He might have, I don't remember it. But I simply remember that he was there. And that he was still. Still picture it to this day. That's that stillness. I think that stillness from which we can find an, an, incredibly amount, an incredible amount of life. This is, this is a beautiful plaque that's at, at Sela Farms that was sent to me by a parishioner, shared with me by a parishioner. And I love this. This is so beautiful. This is one, folks, that is screenshot worthy. When you meet someone deep in grief... Slip off your needs and set them by the door. Enter barefoot this darkened chapel, hollowed by loss, hallowed by sorrow, its gray stone walls and floor. You, congregation of one, are here to listen, not to sing. <laughs> so good. You're here to listen, not to sing. Kneel in the back pew. Make no sound. Let the candles speak. Let the candles speak. That beautiful idea of just letting the candles speak, just that beautiful presence, that, that, just that standing there so important, that stillness so important. 
I had a friend share this, and I've shared it in the congregation before, but I want to share it again because I think it's so important what her and her husband learned going through their deep, incredibly deep, heartbreaking loss was they had to get clear with people that there was a hula hoop around them and that other people's grief could not be dumped on them. It could only go the other way. And that that somehow to me is like connected with stillness. Because it means if we are with a loved one who's going through a deep loss, that we're not going to take our discomfort, our anxiety, our worries, our catastrophizing, our loss, our sadness, our grief, and place it on someone who has no space to hold it at that moment. They'll have a space later on. They will. But not at the moment. So your job, our job, if we're with people who are grieving deeply, is to make sure we're putting that, that grief in the appropriate places where, where it really does have that idea, that, that deep connotation, folks, of stillness, of stillness. A last word around that stillness, and this is an aside, it's one I've been thinking a lot about. We're gonna be coming up on Easter soon. And we have to remember, again, a big part of Easter is that stillness, that stillness and that waiting. There's Good Friday, Resurrection, Easter Sunday. And actually, this Easter, we're going to talk a lot about that Saturday time. A time of stillness and waiting. Because that's part of the story, too. So there are other parts of the story as we look at those we have loved. I love the idea, folks, that again, it, it'll be this mix, right? And we have to, we have to just learn to... I mean, love, it's not like a love, like a appreciation. It's just, it's a love of seeing the preciousness of this, that, that there are going to be tears and there are going to be, there's going to be laughter as well. And as a pastor, it's, it's incredibly precious to watch that. Of course, we see people who, who are in a place where there's tears and there's tears and and, and sadness over loss, completely understandably so. And there's also, and this is where I don't think we can feel guilty about this, there's, there's also places, folks, for laughter. And we have to hold both and. And it's, it's easy to think, no, tears are the ways to grieve. Laughter is not anything about grieving. I would offer this to you. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What I've come to know, folks, you mean so much to each other. You mean so much to each other. And some of that is deep and profound and moving in ways that are just hard to kind of even put edges around. A line I always use, always use in talking about grief is Mother Teresa's line that is a place, and this is her quote, where we remember we belong to each other. Huge memory of that. 
And it's also a place where I think we can smile too and laughter is entirely appropriate. And there's parts of that that I would say very, very loosely. And, and you know, some of it is that we're all so goofy. Like, like one of the fun parts is, is, is to have a conversation with families about what were the goofy habits that they had. And you all got them. What were the endearing quirks? I mean, just this morning, I was working on a service that we're going to be giving next week. And this beautiful line from someone about their beloved uncle was, what was his endearing quirk? He had no filter. That's good. And some of it can be even silly. I mean, when my grandma passed away, and you know, she was such a big figure in my life. I mean, really, really just made a huge difference in my life in so many ways. I got asked to be a pallbearer, you know, as, as at the internment service. And it was a dumb, little, silly thing. I mean, it's like the ultimate bad dad joke in a lot of ways. My grandma's maiden name was Coffin. Helena Coffin. So we got into giggles because we were going to be coffin bearers as we as we took her to her graveside ceremony. Now, that was a little silly thing, and that may sound inappropriate, they may sound goofy, but you know what, folks? My grandma had that kind of humor. I firmly believe that was my grandma going, you guys gotta lighten up a little bit. I've lived a good life. Thank you for being part of it. So don't disparage those moments of, of lightness. And if you're in a moment of lightness, don't disparage those moments that are more serious as well because, because I feel like it really is a both and. And the last piece there, folks, is remember the gifts. Remember the gifts. I don't, I don't think right when tragedy happens is a moment to say, what was their gift to you? That's the time to just be still. That's time to just be quiet. But there will come a time to step towards conversation. There will come a time to talk about it. And I think, again, like I, I really do find those moments. I mean, it's, it's so precious. We did a whole series on this idea, the Celtic idea of thin places, that God has certain places in the world where the difference between the spiritual and the natural is just, just wafer thin. Just a really translucent screen where we're kind of like looking into both worlds. I think when we start to think about, we start to converse about, yeah, what was their gift to you? That's where we can start to see it. Here's the narrative world, the world up there of poetic truth. Here's the objective world, the world of science and facts. We want to find that tender place where the two touch. There are many areas where they touch. One of them I'd ask you to think about is that idea of gifts. 
I mean, just imagine, folks, you know, after this, you go out to lunch or you, you go out on a drive or you're, you're running home or you're sitting out there with your, with your beloved watching this service. And, and you're just, you've said that name, that name we said at the beginning of the service. And then you're just able to kindly ask your partner, what was their gift to you? What was their gift to you? It's beautiful to watch the conversations that happen there, folks, because, because that's where we just start to discover heaven. People are in our lives for a reason. I believe that firmly. Some people live lives of just amazement. Other people live lives that are a real struggle. That's part of just this thing we call our journey. And over and over again, it's been amazing to witness, again, in God's providence, what we are to each other and what are those gifts that we offer to each other. It's powerful. Because those gifts are what they're going to live into for all eternity into heaven. I believe that. There's power in that. Can I share with you a final grandma story? My grandma, you know, one of my memories of her when I think back to gifts was this. I decided that I wanted to work down at the shore. And down at the shore, which is the New Jersey shore, if you're not from the Philadelphia area, wanted to work down at the New Jersey shore. And my grandma on a good day was about that tall. So she had a Cadillac, and when she drove the Cadillac, literally she would look like between the steering wheel and the dashboard. And I remember my grandma saying, yep, we're going to go find you a job. And she started at one end of this town where they had a house down at the shore, She'd pull in, she said, go into that business. Come back out, go into that business. For those of you who are familiar with the geography of New Jersey and the New Jersey shore, she started up in Avalon, New Jersey. We worked our whole way down to Wildwood, New Jersey, which is probably about 20 miles. And at like mile 20, I got my very first non-parental job. That's my grandma. Never graduated high school. Eighth grade education. And a beautiful soul who brought so much in terms of gifts into my life. That kind of peace reminds us of what we are to each other, reminds us of who we can be to each other. And where does it place us? Where does it place us? As the musicians come out, I, I think it places us in a new kind of present. It's a present that, of course, holds the sadness, holds the grieving, holds the loss, doesn't try to cure it, doesn't try to paper it over, 
doesn't try in any way to somehow make it okay. It's a liminal space, a bright darkness. And what we can do is we can move together a place where we take gratitude over all that they've been in our lives. This pooling of gratitude. And then also this pooling of hope and faith. Hope to find love stretching into the future. Faith that is the eye of love. And this idea, we're going to see them again. That's a new kind of present. As the saying goes, that's a present. That's a gift. I know that grieving may be one of the hardest places we can step into in life. But friends, it's arguably the most precious. So let's step into that as best we can with grace, with peace, and as always, with the final word, which is love.
Well, there's hours of time on the telephone line to talk about things that come. Sweet dreams and flying machines in pieces on the ground. Church Live. Um, it's Angela here, and I just wanted to encourage you all to consider setting up a reoccurring donation to support New Church Live. We are so uh, appreciative of the generosity of this congregation and all the ways you show up and support us. And one of the best ways to do that is to set up a reoccurring donation and to make small incremental donations throughout the year um, to have a big impact. So the best way to do that is the same way to donate uh, one-time donations. You can use the QR code below um, and it'll take you to our donate page. You can go to our website, www.newchurchlive.tv and there's a donate tab, or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. And all of those places, there's an option to set up a reoccurring donation and you can set it up at any frequency you want for any dollar amount you want. Um, and it's just a great way to provide sustaining support throughout the year to support all the operations and all the things that happen here at New Church Live. So you, we will hope you'll consider making that donation, setting up that reoccurring donation. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I'd be happy to help you um, in any way to set that up. So thanks, everyone. Good morning, New Church Live. How are you all doing? All right. So instead of well, kind of meditation, but we're just going to do a moment of silence for all of the people that are on your heart today. And I know for me, um, going through loss is that sometimes a moment of silence gives me anxiety and resistance. The opposite of what I want to show up shows up. And some of you may be there. So whatever shows up for you, um, I just want you to say one word, which is yes. And really embrace yourself wherever you are. So I'd like to invite you to just um, close your eyes and take a deep breath and enjoy the stillness and quiet for that people, the person or people in your heart today.
And for those of you at home, I invite you to light a candle, take a deep breath, and rise, shine, because your light has come. Look, shadows cover the earth, and darkness covers the people, and Jehovah will dawn above you, and the nations will walk towards your light, and monarchs toward the brightness of your rising. Jehovah will become an eternal light too. No longer will your sun set and moon will not withdraw because Jehovah will become an internal light to you. Now Chuck will come out and say a prayer. Thank you, Allie. Thank you folks for joining us today. And again, I, I do just want to put out there, if, if there's any way we can help you here at New Church Live, please feel free to reach out. You can text me, 215-740-3662. You can send us an email. You can put a comment in the chat, and our moderators will let me know if there's something you'd like to talk about. Or just simply, there's somebody, Chuck, I just want to tell you what a gift they were in my life. I'd love to hear it. I would love to hear it. So with that, friends, will you please join me in a prayer? Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for the reminder, the reminder of preciousness, the reminder of belonging, the reminder of the longing that actually happens, Lord, when we are absent from one another. Help us to live in a place, Lord, where we are connected, where we are held, we are understood and seen, even here, Lord, even in our grief. Help us well, Lord, to lift us up in those moments. Help us to find the deep shalom, the deep peace, as you say, that peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, please, for those who are experiencing loss this week, or this year, or anywhere in their life. Allow them to feel our love for them, our care for them, our reaching out a hand towards them, a heart open before them. Allow them just to be in that space, Lord. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, friends, and bring you home and bring you peace. Amen. We're going to close with a 
song by our friend John Gilbride, who's performed here before on Sundays. This is John's song, Goodbyes in July.
goodbyes in July. Thank you so much. <laughs>